Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Sports talk show for your drive home. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Justin Fields threw for 268 yards, ran for a touchdown, threw for one. Bears beat the Falcons 37-17 on Sunday. And it, uh, it was ugly in more ways than one. We've been talking about it because... Uh, as we head into the last week of the season, there is still a chance, I'm just telling you the facts, uh, that the Falcons could get into the playoffs. A 15.4% chance. You need Carolina to beat the Bucks, and you need to win against the Saints. We're going to talk more about it. You'll hear from Arthur Smith coming up. And as we talk about this, Mike, you asked me something interesting that we need to talk about here in about 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm just about to chain of command with the Falcons. You know, I, I've tweeted it, and uh, and I got some heat from Falcons over it about, you know, just the, the, the vibe, the the relationship between general manager and coach and, and decision-making. I, I want to pick your brain on that coming up. All right. Well, we, we will certainly do that right now, though. Let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. Connor Riley, Happy New Year. We love uh, your contributions to this show uh, from Dog Nation and bringing us all the info you do on a weekly basis. How about them dogs? I mean, did you expect this, what we saw in the Orange Bowl? Did you expect that? I thought Georgia could name their score, and about halfway through the second quarter, you're you're doing the math and you're seeing the way it's going. I was like, they could get to, to 70 if they wanted yeah. to. Now, ultimately, they don't elect to do so. Uh, but, like, I don't even think Georgia necessarily played, like, out of their minds good in, in that game, and they just mowed down a, a Florida State team that, unfortunately, just didn't want to be there. And I don't put this on Norvell or, you know, those individuals from Florida State that chose to make those decisions. Unfortunately, I think it was a perfect storm of events that led to this Florida State team just not having a real interest in going out there and playing. And I will say, I think the Florida State players that were in this game played hard and showed that they wanted to be there. Unfortunately, I think what happened to Florida State falls more at the feet of where college football is as a whole right now. 
and specifically the Florida State program. And I, I know a lot of Florida State fans thought it was really classy of Kirby to say the things that he said. I mean, there's no answers. I know some would say it's kind of empty rhetoric because without you know guidelines from Congress or the NCAA, but that's not Kirby's job. But Kirby did go out of his way to say this isn't right. And he, you're right. He could have put up – hell, they could have put up 80 on Florida State. The other thing about this, though, I, I did say to some Seminoles fans who feel they've arrived, Connor, if your second and third stringers can't score touchdowns, then you don't even I – mean, we know that Kirby's built a machine in six years, but I think it just shows that Florida State does have a, a long way to go regardless of the circumstances. Right, and while you know, Georgia didn't lose 63-3, like after the 2018 season where they lose to Alabama, they don't get in the playoffs, some felt that they should have been, and they go down and lose to just a, a Texas team that was not as good as Georgia was. And – that experience was very illuminating for Kirby Smart. I think in the long run that proved to be a good thing for him. And I will say in talking to Mike Norvell this past week and being around that Florida State program a little bit, I did come away impressed with Norvell, and I think handling this the best way that he can. Going forward, I know this is going to be hard to hear right now if you're a Florida State fan out there. I think this experience is probably going to be a good thing, especially for some of these young players who unfortunately just got the full brunt of Georgia in their face on Saturday. But long term, like it was for Georgia, I think this can be a good experience for Florida State. And just to wrap up on the Knoll side, DJ, you ungl- uh, I had it right all year. Thank- Carl was the first guy to ever pronounce it correctly on this program. <laughs> but yeah, DJ, you coming to FSU, and we'll see what he can do. He didn't exactly blow doors for the Beavers, but he, he was solid. No, and, you know, he's a guy that's played a lot of high-quality high football. It'll be interesting in seeing how Florida State surrounds him with more talent next year. Obviously, losing guys like Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, it's going to be tough. But I think Florida State is building the right way. They've been, I think, early in Norvell's tenure, maybe a little more reliant on the transfer portal than they want to. Mm-hmm. They're starting to bring in some really promising recruits, and I think that this is being built in a right way. And so, you know, they might take a small step back next year. But with the fact that you're playing in a weak ACC league year in, year out, the 12-team playoff, I think Florida State is going to be right there. You know, maybe not necessarily the team that can win the college football playoff next year, but certainly a team that can be there. Connor, before we get into last night's games, I want to have a conversation with you about these bowl games being dead. Hmm. Meaning, if you're not in the playoff, why are we playing these bowl games? Because I don't think the solution is the solution to how to solve this is going to happen within the next year. So you're going to get 12 teams in the playoff next season, and everybody else, these games are worthless. They, they don't mean anything. How do you change that? Because that's what Kirby was trying to address. But the problem I had with Kirby is tell us what to do. How do you fix it, Kirby? What 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 is the well, answer I, to it? One, I think, look, I was there. I was in Miami. I think part of this comes down to a team culture thing. And, look, obviously not everyone can do what Georgia can do. They don't have the resources. I get that. That bowl game meant something to Georgia. It mattered to them to be in that game. And I think you look at some of the other programs out there, it did matter that they're in those games. To Notre Dame, it mattered that they were down there in the Sun Bowl and playing well. And Oregon State, you know, look, with what they've had to go through, I totally understand why they did that. Uh, Tennessee against Iowa, it mattered to them to have that experience. I think if one, it starts at an individual culture level. But two, I do think that there are some things that the bowl infrastructure can do as a whole. I think the Pop-Tart Bowl was fantastic. (laughs) I think they need to lean more. And I'm not saying, like, devour a a one-point live mascot. (laughs) But, like, lean into the ridiculousness a little bit more. You know, that's so – the ridiculous nature of college football is what so many people love about it. And 
perfect example of this where, you know, they've been doing this for a few years now, and everyone cares about what happens in the Mayo Bowl, what coach wins, what coach is getting dumped mayonnaise on. I think yeah. the Bulls can do a little bit more stuff like that to make it matter. You know, uh, it's no longer the Outback Bowl, but when the Outback Bowl was the thing, you had the Bloomin' Onion versus the Fry Trip, and you're always rooting for the Bloomin' Onion. I think things like that, to, to lean into the fun aspect more, of college football would be something to do because I will say I think as a whole and this this whole last month has just shown how I think college football has lost the plot a little bit. I think it's one of the most fun sports we have in this country, but it hasn't been a very fun sport over the last month. No. It's Connor Riley from Dog Nation with us guys on the waitfor.com hotline. The thing about Georgia, you just referred to it. They've got a culture. Kirby's established it. Florida State brought in mercenaries. Mercenaries had nothing to play for. They left. You know, so it shouldn't surprise people. The problem I think we're going to have, Connor, is of these 12 teams, you know, the six games that are going to be played next year, who says, eh, we don't really have a shot? Who's this, you know, who's the guy that says he doesn't buy into a championship aspiration? Or will we ever see a guy on a team in the Final Four or the championship game say, I'm out. I'm going to make that business decision and let my teammates go. We've always seen it, and so far it's happening now. The guys do buy in. Do you see that coming on the landscape? Because there are no guardrails, and folks eventually will make some business decisions at that level. You know, I, I think you, you've even seen it You know, this year with teams in the playoffs. Those guys that are playing, they're going to opt out and enter the transfer portal. I don't know if there's anything you can do about it. And, and, like, honestly, I understand that. Like, at a certain point, these individuals do have to look out for themselves. Like, they're going to be able to secure more playing time uh, by getting in the portal earlier. Like, I understand that. I do think that there are things that the NCAA or whoever ends up running college football can do to better set this up. Uh, I've seen some people suggest the portal window doesn't start until after the college football playoff semifinals and you sort of cram it all into a two-week period. I think that would, would benefit people greatly uh, just in terms of – needs to be 30 days, in my opinion, to sort of stretch all this out. You can get the visits done week period and shortening the portal window there helps. I just find it hard to believe that, and while, yes, you know, those 9, 10, 11 teams, they're probably not going to win the college football playoff all that often, but you look at a team like Missouri, for example, I believe it's the number nine team this year. They were playing number seven, Ohio State. Now, obviously, Ohio State didn't have Marvin Harrison. Kyle McCord had opted out uh, by entering the transfer portal. But you look at a team like Missouri, yeah, they might not win or get to the national championship game. But I absolutely believe for those types of programs, getting into the playoff is one thing, and then winning a game as well, that's a huge step. And if you are able to stack those seasons consecutively, eventually I believe you're going to attract enough talent to where you can win a national title. You know, I know Kirby Smart got there in his second year at Georgia, but for a lot of these programs out there, it does, as Florida State has shown, take time to build it up. And so even Kirby, he didn't win a national championship until I believe his fifth season. So I think, you know, as much as we want instant gratification with this now, and that's just where we are as a society, not to put a jest on these college football players, I do think that, you know, with this college football playoff, I don't think you're going to see opt-outs and guys declaring for the draft. I think you're going to see them want to go out there and play and make a statement. Because I can tell you this, if you're a guy that might be a first or a second round pick, or even like say a third or a fourth round pick, and you're opting out of a playoff game, NFL teams aren't going to like that. They want competitive guys. Kirby Smart mentioned this on Saturday. They want guys that love football. And I know NFL people think the same way too. And and so reality, how do these coaches get and better instill a love of playing football into these players. I think if we're able to figure that out, then ultimately that's going to make a lot of these problems potentially less big. I agree with you, Connor, on on 
you know, stacking those wins in the playoffs and, and getting more attention for your program. It's Connor Riley, guys, Dog Nation, talking all things college football. Um, as we talk about last night's games, you know, we've been saying all year, Michigan, this is probably their best team. At least I felt that way. And then, you know, we talked about it earlier in the year. They had this Georgia period, right, where they were trying to prepare for if they had a chance to maybe play Georgia. I don't know, you know, if, if that matters. But after watching them against Alabama, I, I do feel like this is their time. Like, regardless of what happens with Washington, and I'm curious to know what you think. I thought Penix was great last night for Washington, but Michigan's defense is not going to allow, I don't believe, 45 points. I'll be interested. Why, like, as great as Penix is – those wide receivers Washington has are all NFL-level dudes. I said this in one of our Dog Nation shows today. I'd put a Duze, uh, Jalen Polk, and Jalen McMillan up there with, like, that Alabama trio of Jerry, Judy, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell. Those guys are absolute studs, and that's going to make things very difficult for Michigan to slow down. I'll be honest, you know, as someone who has a Georgia rooting interest, there's a ton of people that went to Georgia, a ton of Georgia fans. You know, watching Alabama play not all that well, especially in the first half yesterday, like why couldn't they have played this poorly against Georgia? I think with Michigan, like they didn't do anything in the second half. And then when they absolutely needed to on that last drive, they convert a fourth down. J.J. McCarthy makes the big plays. They go down in overtime. They score in two plays. And you find yourself in a, in a fourth and three goal-to-go situation where it just comes down to are you the physical most tough team and in that moment, Michigan was. And I'm not crediting Georgia here. Uh, Michigan absolutely deserves this. And they have been a program, like we just talked about, building towards this moment. You know, the first time they play in the college football playoff, they get obliterated by Georgia. Last year, they, they lose the game to TCU. They shouldn't. This year, granted, it's a lesser Alabama team, but they found a way to win that game when they probably shouldn't have. And I think, as you point out, Carl, Michigan deserves credit for finding a way to win when maybe they shouldn't have. That's what great teams do. It's what Georgia did a season ago against Ohio State, in my opinion. And Georgia won a national championship, and I think Michigan can very much do the same thing next Monday. I was just about to ask you that, Connor. You're kind of touching on it. You know, in the SEC championship game, why couldn't Glenn Schumann and Musk and, and Will Muschamp and the guys in Kirby say, look, Jalen Milrow, you can get after him. You know, I know that the defensive line wasn't as good, and I know that Alabama's got some monsters of guys on that old line, but it just seems like, man, it, it's not as bad as the 2012 SEC championship game, you know, where you, you couldn't stop Alabama's run game. This is one where you, you could have had a way to get it because you got the athletes that could make Milrow uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that as we get further and further away from this, this is going to feel like a Georgia season where they probably you know, could have and certainly should have won a national championship and didn't. As far as that game in particular, uh, one thing that really stood out to me, Michigan has two NFL linebackers that are guys that are going to be in the NFL next year. They were able to play for them. Georgia didn't have Jamal Munden, and they didn't have Jamal Dumas-Johnson, and they were relying on freshman Raylan Wilson and C.J. Allen in that game. And I think because of that, I don't want to say that Georgia – coach scared against Jalen Milrow, but they were very deferential to Jalen Milrow in terms of not attacking him, in terms of not pressuring him. And you know, Georgia still had four sacks in that game, but it felt like over the course of the, of the 60 minutes, they were more content to just let Jalen Milrow stand back there and try and make plays from the pocket and make him think. Michigan was going to speed him up, and they said sometimes he's going to you know, break contain and get up the middle and get his rushing yards. But over the course of the game, we're going to create enough negative plays by being aggressive uh, to create those negative plays there. And I do think that, you know, under Kirby Smart, with the exception of when Dan Lanning has been a Georgia defensive coordinator, 
I don't think that it has been an overly aggressive defense. I would certainly say this year, now part of that is personnel related. I would say this year the defense was more concerned about not giving up big plays rather than being aggressive and forcing turnovers and forcing sacks, tackles for loss, things like that. And I'll be interested going into this next year as Georgia is at least deeper at linebacker and on the defensive line. We'll see about better. Are they more aggressive with the way that they use their talent? Because I don't think they had a very aggressive defensive game plan against Alabama in the SEC championship game. And then when you see what Michigan did, I think it's pretty clear that that was a mistake made by the Georgia coaching staff that day. No doubt. Connor Riley, great stuff, man. Uh, And, again, Happy New Year to you and uh, your family. And we appreciate everything you do for us. And looking forward to a great 2024, my man. Likewise, it's always a pleasure to be out with you guys. Can't wait to do it again in 2024. Right on. Good stuff. Connor Riley, guys, there talking about all things college football. All right, we're coming back. You want to know what Mike and I were talking about? You really want to know? (laughs) Stay right there. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It is Dukes and Bell. Frustration is not the word mm. when we talk about the Falcons and where we are. Coming up, West Durham's going to join us, the voice of our Atlanta Falcons. But you've lost three of your last four. The four most important weeks of the season, we haven't shown up. We're now 7-9. and nine. We are not guaranteed to have a winning season. And in the biggest spot of the season, this is what you gave us. You go to Chicago and you lose in the fashion in which you did. And again, so much so that you put Desmond Ritter back in the game to only have him throw an interception, which right. I can't believe well, even happened. Before you even got to that part, just the idea that you're going to run wild Bijan and have Bijan Robinson in, under, you know, in the shotgun, and then I presume if the snap isn't missed, he was gonna, the ball was going to be in Ritter's hands. Why is he on the field? You benched him. You benched him twice. 
So, I mean, and, and, and if I'm Arthur Blank, so can you explain to me why this ridiculous play was drawn up? I mean, what? we'll ask Arthur about it tomorrow. I mean, what, what is the compulsion for the gadget play? Why, why can't you just line up and, and do a high percentage play and take your shot and, and hope that you've got better, better guys than they got and go execute it? It just drives me nuts, Carl. So, with that said, Mike and I were having a conversation, and actually Mike was asking me a question, and, and I said, you know, let, let's talk about this. We should, we should ask the audience. I'll give you what I think, but mm. I think it's a valid question as we move into this gray area, guys, between now and the end of the season, whether it's this week or we play a playoff game or not, and how we move forward with this team and, more importantly, with the front office and the head coach. And so, you said to me, mm. What? Who's calling the shots? You know, I mean, look, I've asked the question the last few weeks, or most of the, uh, the season, once things are going south, about the personnel decisions. You know, why did we draft Kyle Pitts, we, you know, the best athlete available? It's looking more and more like a bust. You know, and, and can Kyle, by the way, sidebar, can he reach out for a ball once in a while? I, I know he's been dealing with injuries, and, and this year he's finally coming to his own late in the season. But, I mean, sometimes these balls require a little more effort, you know, and, and diving for them. You know, the big moments, explosive play sometimes requires some extra effort either way. But, I mean, the Algier pick, 1,000-yard rusher, can't argue with that, Carl. Sure, sure. You know, Bijan, you know, there's other needs, but Bijan is going to set a rookie record, and he's been, you know, from from scrimmage, we can argue about the usage rate. He's certainly been successful this year. But is Arthur Smith overriding Fontenot? We've never truly gotten the flow chart as far as how decisions are made. As confusing as it was for you and I with Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. But remember, we were told Rich McKay might actually get involved here if there's a tiebreaker when it comes for the to draft. personal. When it comes to the draft, yeah, I'm not arguing, guys. Real quick, before we get to this conversation, I'm not arguing with the moves Fontenot made to go free agent wise. He got the best defensive players available. Jesse Bates, Calais Campbell's worked out. You know, I mean, you got some guys for Kate a discount. Kate Nellis, Bud Dupree, etc. Anyamata was huge. Can't argue with that. You drafted Bergeron. He's been a stud. We haven't had to worry about him from day one. But I'm just wondering about some of the other pieces because the usage rate, how these players are drafted, you never figured out the quarterback. And so the question I have for you is, doesn't the general manager bear some responsibility unless Arthur Smith overrides us? No, 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 no. I got this with Ritter. Just find me a serviceable backup because if that's the plan, it was a fail. So how much of this is on Arthur Smith? How does this work? So I think when it comes to, first of all, the philosophy, and, and I hope this is addressed as we move forward, but we're talking about, let's just talk about the draft, okay? When they went into the offseason last year, they both agreed, we're going to spend our free agent money on defense, and we're going to draft offense, which is what they did, right? They went and got offensive line. They went and got Bijan. So they are in agreement there. You talk about the players that Terry Fontenot brought in through via free agency right. and the guys that he, he, he paid for. This is what I ultimately believe, and, and I don't know this for 200%, right? I, I would tell you I think I'm 98% right on this. Okay. For Terry Fontenot, his job ultimately is who do you like and can I go get them for you? Okay. Arthur Smith's job is bring in the guys I like and then it's my job to make them better. It's my job to coach them up. It's my job to make this work. So that is where the coordination happens, Mike. Right. But I think there's a split where you say, hey, I want to uh, go get a, a free agent tied in, right? Mm-hmm. I want to go get Jonu Smith. Right. Terry says, great. I'll see if we can make it happen. What's it going to cost? How do we do this? Terry then brings in uh, Jonu Smith. It is then left up to Arthur to make it work, which, by the way, that particular pickup has happened, and it has worked. But, Mike, that is where I think it stops. I cannot sit here and blame Terry Fontenot if Arthur said, 
we got a guy. We got our quarterback. We got our quarterback. Right. And Terry Fontenot said, you sure? Right. And he said, we got our guy. I trust him. I, I, we got we to gotta go with him. And Terry then takes a step back and goes, okay, what else do you need? That is where I think it splits. Right. So go get me a serviceable backup, which is all Heineke is. Guys, you know, we knew the ceiling with Heineke. Heineke said, pronounced himself the backup earlier this year in August when we got him. But it just, it's just a question I ask. And I said and, this. And, and by yeah. the way, let me say this. And at that point, you know what Terry Fontenot says to us? We have our quarterback because right. he trusts his head coach who Correct. has told him that is what happened. And then that quarterback is only used in one series in the preseason, goes into the season with a lack of, uh, let's be honest, experience. Only had four games to start the previous year. We've already covered that. The Bucks kept you alive, so you rolled with Mariota. It's just very frustrating for me. And, and I said this to a number of listeners because uh, the good news for Terry Fontenot, he's got a lot of supporters amongst Falcon fans. And I know I heard uh, Bo Morgan talking about it. Squid was talking about it with Mike Johnson this morning on the morning shift. I, I want to get it right because we were told there was like they work in tandem, but there was never like, well, who actually is the dude? Because you screwed up the quarterback. The most important position was the quarterback. We all know that. Terry got everything else right. We just covered that. Offensive line. I mean, look, I can take or leave McGarry. They got him at a decent price. Norton, you built a, hey, another thing they did. They built up a really good bunch of backups. Yes, they did. Because you could never weather the kind of injuries to an offensive line in, under the previous regime. That's all fun now. So I don't want to, guys, I'm just curious, who's to blame? Like anything else? You know, you want to know <laughs> how do these decisions get made? And the more you think about it, we'll ask Arthur. I don't know if Arthur will answer the question. We'll ask him. You know, I mean, you, do you tell, you're specifically telling Terry what groceries to go get? Because that's even more reason for him to not be here next year. 404-726-0929. Until we're actually told or given some inclination as to how this actually plays out, we don't know. But I guess, and this is what I think, how it plays out. The head coach, guys, has to have input into the kinds of players he wants to coach, the kinds of guys he feels like he needs to win. We would be silly to sit here and say that Terry Fontenot's in a room by himself and going, Arthur, I'm going to get you who I want to get you, and good luck. It doesn't right. play out that way. So there is a, a collaboration that goes on, but then there becomes this split where I've gotten you who you want, now it's your job. And that is where we've been this season. We have been in the part where I got you who you wanted, mm -hmm. now it's your job. And that is why a lot of people say, wait a minute, Terry Fontenot doesn't have anything to do with this, even though he is a part of this conversation. And I kind of agree with him on that, Mike. I don't think Terry Fontenot Sunday, why we laid an egg and didn't show up in Chicago and basically were out coached and outplayed, had anything to do with the decisions that were made in the offseason to go get you the guys you wanted. It is your job now to make this work. And, again, we've talked about uh, – I've had an article from ESPN from last January talking about, you know, when it comes – or this pre-draft about, like, personal – if there's ever, the, like, sort of a, a stalemate, then maybe Rich McKay would get involved. There's a lot of uh, folks out there that feel maybe Rich McKay should not be involved at any level with the day-to-day -day football operations sure, sure. based on our level of success over the last six seasons. I can't argue with that. I like Rich. But, I mean, you know, I, I was under the impression it was more about, you know, Mercedes-Benz and, and the league duties as opposed to personnel. All I'm trying to get to is what are we doing here? Why, I mean, why did this thing go off the rails? Because the coach put his money on a quarterback that couldn't do the job and didn't have a real viable plan B. The GM went and got the best, as we said, reasonably priced, you know, back up in Heineke. I'm asking you, I'll ask you, let me another question. Should the GM and maybe Rich McKay or whoever go, you sure about Ritter? You sure Ritter can do this job? Because we got a really good team here. We got a good core. Can I go get, I mean, all, all we need, Carl, is game manager. That sounds about right. Service. Because if you went and paid the money, for Derek Carr, that's serviceable game manager. 
You know, that's all you really needed this year, and we couldn't do that. You just needed the bare minimum and, and take your favorite middle-of-the-road quarterback. That's all we needed this year, and we couldn't get it. And we find ourselves in a situation where we're still, believe it or not, <laughs> in the mix at the end of the season. It's crazy. Right. It's absolutely hey, crazy. And by the way, there, there, certainly, there, there is a bunch of games to go. You can pick your games. Well, Arizona, they couldn't tackle Kyler Murray. Minnesota, they couldn't tackle Dot. But there's a lot of there's three other games where the quarterback blew it for you, okay? And now Heineke's blowing games for us too. Well, it's not just all on Ritter. I just want to make it sound I'm not picking on Ritter. No, you can't go into Chicago and throw three interceptions, Mike. Well, four if you throw in Ritter. Okay, don't don't remind me. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. You can't do it. So, uh, but but it's it's something we were talking about, and we're sharing it with you because as we move forward, I think it's important for people to know somebody's picking the players, and then somebody's got to coach them up. And the players are not just randomly picked. I think Terry Fontenot killed it in the free agent market this season. I do. And, again, the defense, which has always been an issue for us, right? We're going back six, seven years now. Last time we had a defense this good, we're going back to 2017. All right? I don't know where you guys were. We know where we were. Mike and I were here right. talking about how good the defense was and how we might have a chance to go back to the Super Bowl. It didn't happen. So I give Terry Fontenot a lot of credit to identify – what the team needed to improve defensively. And if I'm going to do that with him on the defensive side of the football, I also have to do it on the offensive side of the football where the head coach has a lot more input because right. he calls the plays. Now, look, unless Pitts becomes another Pro Bowl-type caliber you know, tight end as opposed to being the 14th or 15th best tight end in the NFL, then we can say, okay, they got it right. But right now, Carl, it's a question mark leading to a bust. You know, and, and the, the usage rate we've talked about. You know, you, didn't need, you could have drafted a Panay Sewell and then when you had some money to spend, you could go get a guy like John o. Smith, who fits what Arthur does because he knows him from the Titans. I mean, we've all talked about Micah Parsons a million ways we could have gone. But I just want to make sure, if, like, if nothing else on the show, guys, if I'm going to start yelling about stuff, I want to make sure I'm getting it right. And that's why I was asking Carl during the commercial break, who is picking these guys? Listen, we have every reason to be upset with our head coach. Right. He's let us down in some big moments, right? And we feel like the team is good enough to have achieved their goals. We thought 10 wins. Think about it. Mike just told you, quarterback, three games. Some people say five. Right. So I'm being have, conservative. Absolutely. That, yeah. We have every reason. I don't know if that same vitriol for me, Mike, is with Terry Fontenot right. as it is with Arthur Smith right now. What do we got coming up in Guy Talk? Hey, man, guess who was at the Rose Bowl? Who? An entertainer? The man at the center of the Michigan cheating controversy. Was he? Yes, he was. Multiple reports. We'll explain all that. Plus, how many times can you play Celebration in a row on New Year's Eve? It's on the way. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for fun. It's time for guy talk. It's time for shenanigans. Brought to you by Hooters. If the game is on, it's on at Hooters. Any conference, all season long. Where the players play. Happy New Year. Our first show. A big show, guys. If you missed it, Alex Anthopoulos joined us earlier. You can rewind on the Odyssey app, or you can just wait for us to replay tomorrow. But uh, the uh, GM talking about his moves, including the Chris Sale trade. Uh, so check that out as well. We'll play some cuts on that later on. Wes Drewham going to join us at 5 o'clock in the Falcon Report. Hey, uh, Chris already covered uh, the woman that was flashing her boobs on Bourbon Street. Shocking! During a live camera <laughs> shot for ESPN. So we had that earlier in Guy Talk. But uh, the numbers were huge. I know that uh, part of the college football playoff committee's uh, job is to put the best TV shows, and obviously the, the numbers are supposed to be really darn good for certainly for the early the appetizer, if you will, and then the main course if you want to look at it that way. Only hard part, though, Carl, for you is I know that Sean McDonough on that call, and now uh, Washington coming down the field. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me. I just it's not. It's not. When they showed him, uh, it's funny. Michelle was like, "He doesn't look like he sounds." No, I don't. But he doesn't. He doesn't. And they showed him. You know, my was, father was Will McDonough. <laughs> We've heard. We've heard. I, uh, I listen. McDonough does a good job he's with the play-by-play. Right. It's just those moments. To Mike's point. Right. What did he say last night about about the, the really pouring it on? What did he say? And now Washington really pouring it on. <laughs> it's just yeah, now like any any announcer like we loved, and I know that even SEC fans, even Georgia fans, felt that sometimes Vern Lundquist was against him, which could be the furthest thing from the truth. Vern loved everybody equally. Vern's freaking Yoda, man. He's a sweetheart, <laughs> but people always feel that it's not going well. So it's bad enough. You know, I I could barely sell my tickets. I I, I broke even at that. Uh, for my Florida State tickets that I had as a booster, but I wasn't going down there, and not many folks, if they did, Carl, they left by halftime. But, you know, for my beloved Knowles to get whipped by 60, and thanks again to Kirby because it could have been a lot worse, but I got to listen to Joe Testator like he's doing Hamlet. <laughs> All aware of the circumstances involving Florida State. Like, oh, stop it! Stop it! All involved. Just, just dial it down a notch, man, please. I'm begging you. Uh, meanwhile, at the Rose Bowl, one thing, uh, I, I was curious if this was actually going to go down because when the Connor Stallions, for those who don't remember, this was the videographer, whatever you want to call him, the spy, who was getting all the signals of other teams' defenses, etc. He was there? 
He was there, Nicole Orbach, who's a legitimate source from The Athletic. She says, I can confirm from multiple sources that uh, Connor Stallions, the center of the uh, spy gate, stealing signs gate for Michigan, was sitting behind the bench. Uh, and uh, apparently Chase Winovich, Michigan linebacker, posted this on his IG story yesterday. Let's go blue. Uh, in a statement uh, that was provided by The Athletic, he said, I love the uni- University of Michigan. This is before, obviously, the Rose Bowl. And he said that uh, I don't want to create a distraction from what I hope to be a championship run for the team, but there he was in the Rose Bowl. Yep. I mean, which, you know, he's obviously a big, you know, big Michigan supporter, as we all know. Well, of course. He wants his team. He's always loved, you know, his, his go blue. Came but, out of pocket on his own Venmo. Yeah, man, but I'm shocked <laughs> that this guy, like, showed up. Like, the, the goal, right, Mike, to right. show – I'm going to the Rose Bowl. Right. Okay. All right. Now you sound like Joe Testator. Oh, do I? I'm sorry. Testator coming out of me. And now here comes Gunner Stockton. <laughs> Maybe that's what the kids want these days. I don't know. I'm the last guy that loves Al Michaels apparently. Everybody else wants pukey and they want over the top, you know? Over the top. Why are you talking about me? <laughs> I told you the story. We were in Hoover, Alabama. I was having having a steak <laughs> with Pollock, and Testator didn't always sound like this. He talked like a normal voice. He even called. You can go back and find old games with Joe. Te- this is just like a recent phenomenon. He is, he's amped years. it up. Yeah, yeah where he's just. Yeah. <clears throat> it's genuine. I am not throwing. <laughs> A more dramatic approach at this game. Anyway, but uh, if you, you guys can hit me back if you think I'm just off my rocker on this stuff at Mike Bell, ATL. All right, man, one interesting story, and this is one you and I were talking off the air. Do you feel that if you're a celebrity that you somehow there's a rule that says you've got to date a person of equal or, or lesser value or greater value? I mean, it goes back to, like, why does Matthew McConaughey have, like, a just a normal model, not a supermodel wife, or Matt Damon actually married someone who worked for a living, worked in the film business, and isn't, like, another crazy actress? The reason I bring this up is the 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 big mouth Gentas on the View arguing over Simone Biles' husband Jonathan Owens, Green Bay Packers defensive back. Yeah, this brother said he didn't know who Simone Biles was when he first encountered apparently on a dating. You could have actually shot your shot at Simone Biles on a dating app. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, and and Orrin, I think you've had this conversation right when you you said you were on the app and you ran into some people that currently work for our radio station. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so you name names. Yeah, you, you never know. Morning show. You never know who you're gonna see on these dating apps. But right. the point is, like, he he said he didn't know who she was, and Mike, I don't believe that. I don't yeah. buy that one bit. He I got, thought Squid Billy was married. That <laughs> <laughs> was Chris said that. I did not say that. That was Turtle. That no, was Turtle. I wasn't, I wasn't talking about Squid. That was Turtle. Uh, on the talk show, uh, he got slammed for comments to Carl's point he made on the Pivot podcast, where he said that he was more of a prize than the Olympic gold medalist wife. I always say that the man is the catch. Uh, he also confessed, to Carl's point, he didn't know who Biles was before they dated. First find her on app, quote, I didn't know who she was at the time. But the first thing I saw was that she had a bunch of Instagram followers. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, she's got to be good. Yeah. So, again, now, look, I got to be honest. I don't watch the Olympics either. So, in his defense, had it not been for, you know, some of the things that happened off the, you know, off the mat. You might that, not have uh, known. I didn't and wouldn't give a crap about the Olympics. Whoever's in it. And yeah. Simone Biles, She's on a Wheaties box, She though. is, but she transcends the Olympics because she is a national, she's a national treasure. star. She's a treasure. National prominence. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and folks applauded her for basically saying, look, this is too much for me. And, and having the courage, some felt, to do what she did during the Olympics so, in Tokyo. So, what are, what are they saying? What are you talking about? Well, the so, the view, what so the view, again. And, you know, I don't know if Joy Behar was there. 
Because she actually, I remember years ago, because I was friends with Stan Robinson, you know, Chris is from the Black Crows. That's right. When she married Kate Hudson, they're like, oh, look at him. He's so dirty. Talking about Chris Robinson, he had a beard. <laughs> you know, so, so I guess you got to look like, you know, Matt Damon or Robert Redford in their world. But on the uh, show, they said that I can't believe she let him talk about the relationship like that. Uh, sharing red flag emojis. is If everything is calling you Simone Biles' husband, you're not the match. Uh, she appeared to fire back at her critics going on uh, Twitter, uh, now called The X, saying, are y'all done yet? But The View is basically saying that she's a bigger star and how dare he say that he's the catch because she's she obviously is. worth, I mean, yeah, if I, even if you want to, if you want to go, go get in a man's pocket, yeah, she's worth a lot more because she's a national brand. She has national endorsements. She's bigger. I don't necessarily know if it means that they shouldn't be together. Uh, because, you know, her star is bigger and you only, you know, it's equal right. or, or bigger. I don't know if that's true. I think some of these stars, Mike, like, they like normalcy. Like, some of them, their whole lives, like right. Simone Bile, think about, you know, how, how her life is gone. And I just think, like, to meet a guy that maybe didn't know who she was, it's kind of cool. I'll be honest with you guys. Like, when I meet people and they don't know what I do, I love it. Right. I, it's awesome. Okay. Our thing is funny because you and I have talked about this off there. If somebody asks me what I do for a living, I say, I'm in communications. And then I leave it at that. And then if they, they bring it out, then I'll say, Vincent, get down to Brett. Well, what are you, a phone man? What are you working on a telephone line? <laughs> I'm a lineman for the Yeah, because if you have a conversation yeah, with somebody know. for 30 minutes and they, right. they have no idea, then you get this genuine thing. I don't know. Right. But, but I think that. This is not her. Right. Um, Everyone not- is worth Farrah Griffin on The View did defend him and yeah. said, look, he treats her like a queen. That's all that matters. He's upset. And by the way, he's a good-looking dude, by yes, the way. Is. I mean, yes, like, you know, like she married some fat slob or something. This dude's in shape. Yeah, but she I also just- probably loves his confidence. Because if he has the, you but know, what to shoot the shot, shoot the shot. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's something. Yeah. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Hey, man, we talked earlier. Chris brought this up in Yeah, Man, No Man about New Year's Eve. And would you maybe stay home or have like kind of a quiet night with your friends? But this is for me the first time, to Chris's point, he just started slowing down as he's in his 30s. We're normally like we're down, you know, with like Drunk Larry and his wife and maybe another couple. And it's just low key. But this is when uh, this New Year's was playing in a band with my buddy Ron and Ken. I was showing Carl some of the video earlier. This is down where I live in Peachtree City. So we, we had like 45 songs that I had to learn, Carl, for the show. And then we didn't really have the big plan other than we'll play, you know, Old Lang Syne, you know, you know, for should old acquaintance. That's easy. You know, sure. You've heard that. And then we'll probably play Celebration, you know, once, you know, New Year's hits. There wasn't a lot of fore, you know, forethought into this. So sure enough, you know, people are on the dance floor. We got them going. Things are rocking. And we do Celebration. And now like, and we play it and we finish and we, we played a few extra stances. And they're, on the, they're still on the dance floor. And then Ron's looking at like, like it was play it again. Like, we can play it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> did, did, did it. <laughs> and then right back into celebration. So, Oren, I mean, I guess you could play celebration three times in a row. Wouldn't be that no, bad. Oh, that night you can. I mean, it's a great <laughs> night to play it. I have a confession about that song. What's that? Celebration? There is a song that I want to celebrate less to mm. while that song is on. Well, I did uh, make one suggestion to the playlist. I did ask for um, Earth, Wind, and Fire September because I love playing drums with that. So it's a much song. more, it's a much but, better song. But it was funny song. watching Ron, my buddy's like he's he's got a mouth and he's got the. He's trying to, he's trying to memorize the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, if you see a guy play with like, an acoustic or something, he'll have his phone or an app, and you can just yeah, watch like almost like a karaoke. For thing. sure, for but sure. But it was kind of fun. So we did do that, Oren. So yeah, hope we maintain listen, street that's crew. a lot of songs for anybody to know yes. off the top. I mean, give me a break. If you don't know this, artists <laughs> even have a playlist on the yes. stage. So they can remember what songs they're going to sing. All right, Laura Time Celebration, everybody. Thanks for coming out here. All right, man, there's your guide talk. Brought to you by Duke's Bell. Hey, man, be sure to celebrate whatever you're celebrating with our Tasty Brew. Two flavors, man. Find it at your favorite package store. We are going to talk to, thank you, Orrin, Wes Durham. Coming up, Wes Durham is going to join us, the voice of our Atlanta Falcons. We're going into the last week of the season. Whether you want to hear it or not, 
They got a chance. Mm. They got to beat the Saints, but you need some help. We're going to talk to Wes next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.